Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way from the UK, this week anyways, is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Stephen Parson. Hello, you're sounding remarkably happy. Chipper? Chipper? Yeah, that worries me. Is this because of the new Downton movie? Oh, yeah, it's got my tickets already. <laughs> the king and queen are coming. I know. We've seen all the trailers, trust us. We've seen all, read all the dope. Now we can't wait. Breaking news, Apple to launch iPhone 11. I, uh, yeah, well, that's better I was battery watching. life and multiple cameras starting at $699. Yeah, I was watching it, but I got interrupted because that's coming to a bloody radio show. Yeah, it's a shame. Oh, we're going to get all the uh, Android haters on now going, oh, my Android phone can do that. Yeah, well, that sucks. My Apple phone, my Apple system's much better. It all works. You know, I walked into the office 10 minutes ago, and Mm -hmm. I, as I walked into the room, my big iMac, which was just sitting quietly, screen off, all dead, knew I'd walked into the room and switched itself on. Logged on, on, and logged itself in to uh, be ready for me. All done because I was wearing my Apple Watch. Yeah. It it knew that I was there, and it was ready. Really? Is that how it works? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Cool. I mean, that's why, I mean, yeah, we could go, I'm not going to go down because this is a paranormal show. But then, you know, kind of, if you, uh, if you can think back to what computers do now and how we rely on them, to our father's, mother's generation, one generation ago, this was witchcraft. This was genuinely paranormal. Okay. You not, you not think? I mean, yeah. look. Look, at the moment, I've, I, I, and we've done this. When I spoke to you live from Anglesey um, back in July, beginning of July, I did a whole show with you live from Anglesey. Um, I was stood on the promenade overlooking uh, Holyhead Harbour. Um, my iPhone was um, probably 10 miles away back at the uh, holiday home. My main computers were all turned off 200 miles away at home, and I did the entire thing on a wristwatch, my Apple mm-hmm. watch. Now, you didn't know. Um, the audio yeah, was fine. I... Terrible audio. <laughs> <sighs> you didn't. Uh, the audio was fine. I could hear you fine. The whole, I mean, that's Star Trek. You know, that's this idea of, um, you know, just talk to a device on your wrist. A device I had that, that 10 years ago. <sighs> Moving I on. had a what have you found on the paranormal? Yeah, we all did. I we... had a wristwatch that yeah. had a 
uh, radio built into it, and it was all I had to do was go and talk, and uh, I could yeah. talk to the base kit right away because it was yeah. on my wristwatch. Yeah, yeah. I still have it, except I can't find the batteries for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking about radio, what radio and wristwatch, and that was yeah, we... like, it was telephone. That's the big the the. Well, it is. You remember Nextel? Nextel, right? It Both? is. It is. Yeah. It is. You're right. It's just longer wavelength, you know, just longer right. distance radio. Um, or, or video. Similar, it's not Steve, you know. Well, I mean, we all used them back in the day. We all had our Pretty motor. Pretty soon imprinted in our brain, and all we just have to speak, and people will be listening to us. If they, do, if they do that, I want a button that's got a silence button on it. <laughs> I'd have one for all women. No, I meant for you, specifically. <laughs> Because I haven't finished a sentence since the show started. Really? Yeah. Anyway, go on. You've All right, been finish the sentence. You've been I, sur- I had for uh, 30 seconds. Okay, while well, you surf the internet to find us our first paranormal news story. I'm not really going to do that. Well, it's like work. I thought that's what you first while you found the Apple stuff. But it is genuinely... I did. Mean, yeah, it was on the internet, but that's beside... Right. But it is genuinely interesting how we perceive things, because we perceive... Um, Things that, you know, one what we perceive as unusual, paranormal, or supernatural may actually not be the case. It may just be that we haven't quite developed yet. And it might well be that, you know, what we're considering as paranormal even today, in 50 years or 100 years, may be really mundane run-of-the-mill. Run um, you know, I mean, it was barely 200 years ago when a very eminent scientist decreed, a French scientist decreed, that uh, meteorites can't possibly be rocks falling from the sky because there are no rocks in the sky. Makes sense to me. What, there are no rocks in the sky? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The Earth's flat, we all know that, so that's not a problem. It's pulling teeth tonight, isn't it? Anyway, I had a fantastic weekend. Thank you for asking. I attended the ASAP conference, the Association for the Scientific That's what I wanted to the talk Anomalous about. Phenomena. Uh, they held their annual Seriously Strange convention um, down in the city of Bath, Bath, whichever way you want to pronounce it, uh, which was a Roman city called Aquisulis, uh, and it was called Bath because, um, in modern English, because it was where the Romans had a bath. Had their baths. And they still have them there. They do indeed. Um, So I was down there along with the teller of Curious Tales, who is doing a presentation on Sunday, Um, and uh, also with Anne Winsper, who is doing a presentation on Saturday. um, Saturday, uh, And I was doing, I was hosting the 90-minute panel discussion uh, on the Saturday afternoon. What was the panel discussion on? Uh, it was a general uh, discussion with uh, Professor Chris French, uh, the uh-huh. Reverend Lionel Fanthorpe, um, who is the president of ASAP, well-known broadcaster and author of over 250 books on a wide range of paranormal, supernatural and other phenomena. How come he's not uh, on our show? Uh, one of the other... Pa- yeah, uh, Alan Murdy, who has been on the show, who is the chairman of the Ghost Club mm-hmm. and council member of the SPR. Um, there was uh, the Reverend Peter Laws, who's a Baptist minister and writer of horror novels and uh, a student of the horror, gothic horror genre. 
Um, a bright, bright bunch. And me. Um, it was. It was a very interesting panel. The reason it was uh, done that way is because in previous years, the, the ASAP panel discussions have always proved to be extremely popular. Panel discussions always are because one of the big things that I think one of the weaknesses of conventions and paracons are that people they sit down there and then they get lectured at um, for maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour, mm. and then they have a cup of tea and somebody else comes in and lectures. And there's usually five minutes for questions at the end, or they grab the speaker uh, at the tea break or at the lunch break. Um, but often people are left dissatisfied. So the panel discussions are always a great way of allowing the attendees to, to interact with the, the presenters and to pose questions, put their views, discuss things back and forth. Um, and in previous years when we've done this, the 45 minutes has usually been used up very, very quickly and people have sort of said, oh, I wish it could be longer. And this year we, we ran it to 90 minutes. And oh, God bless us. Well, you, incredibly, we still ran out of time. Um, we were still uh, probably halfway through the number of questions and comments that people wanted to say. Obviously, it couldn't have gone on anyway. Right. So what were some of the questions that was asked the panel? Uh, there, there weren't so much questions, more of a discussion. Uh, there were questions which then promoted a discussion, and it was on a wide range. We had uh, a question relating to a very interesting qu question relating to cryptozoology, um, where somebody put the um, po po uh, posed the, the very interesting observation um, that in cryptozoology, scientists poo-poo readily the Bigfoot or the, the Yeti or right. the Sasquatch and other large... That's most things, actually. Uh, and other large cryptids. They're dismissed uh, often with a wave of the hand by, by the scientists and by the bot uh, biologists. And yet they have absolutely no trouble at all dealing with new species of mouse or new species of nematode worm, of which hundreds are discovered every year. And yet they cannot get to grips with the concept of a larger animal that has been seen, has been reported, has been documented. Um, but they, it's like size is an issue. And they were asking why that was. Uh, well, the, the audience member who posed that particular observation asked who that was. And Lionel Fanthorpe, the Reverend Lionel Fanthorpe, actually made a very interesting point. And it's, it was, and it pertains directly to other areas of the paranormal also, uh, in that, well, obviously a mouse and a nematode worm don't threaten our society or, or our beliefs or our religious structures or, or us as individuals. Um, but a larger creature would need to, uh, it, it would require that science moves uh, somewhat, it would affect um, the way that hierarchies are organised. Uh, and so that's where, why they are more challenging, not least I mean, the obvious, uh, it's physically bigger, and therefore the old argument of, well, if it's that big, we should have spotted it sooner, um, is often cast up. But that also pertains to the paranormal, in that we parapsychology is moving towards an acceptance of PK, 
uh, psychokinesis, this idea that we can influence things with our mind, or telepathy, or telepathy at distance, or mass hallucination, where one person is directly influencing the hallucinations of other people nearby. And yet, we can't accept the idea, the notion of ghosts and poltergeists. I'll give you one very good example. Um, the parapsychology often trots out when faced with a poltergeist and are asked for an explanation. They resort to, well, it's usually a teenage uh, boy or girl who, and it's the, the outpourings of, of um, the telekinetic outpourings of this mind, this young mind, shooting energy off into uh, all directions and causing objects to move. Mm-hmm. Now, that's fine. And a lot of parapsychologists and a lot of investigators accept that, and they often repeat it uh, verbatim and accept it as a fact, which it isn't, but they accept it nonetheless. Now, if a mind, not a brain, a mind can exercise that sort of power, i.e. it can move objects, it can uh, throw things around, it can create noises and all of the other poltergeist phenomena, why can't the mind of a dead person do the same thing? There's a lot of research, actually. Well, not a lot. There is some research uh, about what our consciousness is, which basically that's There's what we're talking about. There's a huge amount of uh, research on what our consciousness is. Do you think probably, there was a huge amount? I don't It's probably way more massive, uh, more, far, 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 far more research goes into consciousness than any other area of uh, the, the paranormal, well, you could call it the paranormal. Uh, yeah. All of the we other, don't understand. Yeah, all of those other areas put together don't equal half of what's going into consciousness research. Really? I, I mean, you see in all of the journals... So who, who's leading the, the way in consciousness research? Uh, there's a whole batch of research. I mean, obviously, parapsychology and psychology is at the forefront, along with anomalistic psychology. But you have neuropsychologists, you have uh, neuroscientists, uh, medical uh, practitioners, medical researchers, uh, the- theology researchers. The, the I, I can't recall almost an issue of the Journal for the Society for Psychical Research in the past 10 years that hasn't incorporated a paper uh, on consciousness studies. Uh, and I can't recall a, a, a conference that uh, hasn't included several presented papers or talks on consciousness studies. Um, because it's key. It's key to one of the, the, the most fundamental questions that, that's been vexing parapsychology and ghost hunters and uh, religion, which is what happens after we die? And do we come back and can we reincarnate? And you, you look at uh, reincarnation, if you look at deathbed visions, if you look at uh, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences... All of those are encompassed with this idea that some aspect of us survives death. And there are, there are research programs ongoing right now that, that examine all areas of consciousness. What happens at the moment of death? What happens immediately uh, after death? Does the brain, is the brain still, or is the mind still processing information? Um, 
and what sort of information is the is the brain stroke mind uh, a huge area of, of study goes into where is consciousness seated is consciousness in the mind uh, in the in, within the organ we call the brain or is consciousness somewhere outside of us or is consciousness spread throughout us because i mean there are studies that suggest that that memory is not just fixed within our brain, that other parts of our body may also uh, be uh, functioning within memory or or play a part in memory. And that that then leads on to this idea, um, more than an idea. There are countless people who've had body part transplants who seemingly then develop some memory trait or personality trait of the donor. Right. So we uh, have without, other conditions too, like about. yeah, we have other conditions too. That, for instance, uh, savants who never were trained in music yet can play anything, or uh, you know, sports in the same way. Some of that may be conveyed, and this is by DNA. Is is uh, some of the theories that's out there? Some of that ability oh, may yeah. be conveyed by DNA because as much as we know about DNA. We don't know enough about it. Well, there are there are indeed areas of research that are looking at genetic memory. Uh, how that, for example, the reason that we might remember or recall something from hundreds of years before we were born, um, or remain uh, retain aspects of it, uh, is that one of our ancestors was there. And what uh, one interesting example of that might be. Um, reflexes some of the the very early uh, the the primitive reflexes that we have as children Uh, and there are uh, scientists who are studying these as well to try and determine how did we develop how does a baby know uh, how to suck in order for it to be able to drink milk Mm -hmm. we is it is it a learnt behaviour? Is it a reflex? How did that reflex develop? Um, I mean, some some of the things were reflexes. Oh, another interesting reflex that, that's been studied is breathing, for example, because it's something we can't consciously, well, we don't consciously do anything about. We just breathe. We mm-hmm. breathe from the moment of our birth until our last breath. However, we can control that reflex. Because we can we can suspend our breathing for a, a, a time. Um, so, what some scientists are doing, what some uh, researchers are looking at now, is genetic memory in the form of you know in the basic form of reflexes, right. or or indeed in this idea of phobias and fears. So, for example, and uh, you, I, I've often heard the mystics say uh, that what what happened to you in a in a former life leads to things like uh, birth marks or phobias uh-huh. so so for example a fear of confined spaces um, is that is that why is that irrational fear only in some people and not in others well, and could it, that be, wait a minute, could that be part of partly genetic in the, well, that's what I was something just about that to was say. passed down yeah well that's what I was just about to say some researchers have are starting to consider it as a uh, did something within your DNA remember an incident that happened to somebody in your ancestry 
mm-hmm. that that led to the development or the, the alteration of your DNA. Uh, and DNA, of course, is, is also being explored as a memory medium for the use in, or DNA-like um, strands are being looked at now as memory uh, for, uh, quanti- for for uh, com- future computers. Mm-hmm. The way that uh, the computer could, well, be- because uh, essentially we're built from blocks of DNA, and if... Half of our DNA comes from one parent, half of our DNA comes from another parent, and half of the DNA, their DNA comes from their parents, and half of So we retain, and this is how you know Ancestry.com can tell you these mouth swabs now, and you, they, they can tell you where your DNA originated. Well, those cells may also contain small portions of memory. Right. All, all that is what some researchers are looking at. But don't they, uh, I mean, I just lost my train of thought on that. But you were talking about things being passed down. And and sometimes, for instance, traits. uh, Traits will skip generations. uh, And sometimes we have traits that are passed more through, like, one parent than another. So, like I said, it's, it's a... A typical is think we know everything we know about DNA, but there's so much more we we don't understand. Well, there's a huge amount we don't understand about it. We are starting. We've only just started to be able to map the human genome um, in the last decade, um, and how it affects everything we do, from um, allergies to de- what what illnesses were likely to develop in later life indeed uh, what what conditions are most likely to kill us in you know tens of decades into the future mm-hmm. um, you know it's not predicting the future because we can change things but um, what it's saying is that people are more predisposed and it's certainly a direction that people are looking at now with regard to what else is stored within that DNA. Are we picking up um, not just blue eyes, blonde hair, um, a propensity to for moles or the likelihood of developing some cancer? Are we also uh, inheriting some memory from our ancestors? Mm-hmm. Which, so, it's a which fascinating also, area. Yeah, um, which is is one of the explanation uh, for explaining uh, past life's regression. Well, that, uh, it, it, to use the word explain, explanation... Is a, yeah, a I know, I know. Strong, it's, a, it was, it's a little strong. It's one of the... It's I know one mean, of the yeah, and indeed, there are researchers who are looking at that very, very line now um, as to whether it can offer some insight into why people believe that they've had past life experiences. Right. Are, are they just accessing a memory that's locked deep within... Um, you know, some part of the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, at the moment, you know, consciousness is, without doubt, the largest area of study within the uh, psychology, psychological, and broader community who are looking at uh, what you would you might call paranormal. I want to do a little little uh, little conjecture right now. Conjecture. So, You'll have to bear with me with this because it, it, it supposes a lot. Uh, we have enough time yet. We did to the start at least. If spirits are um, 
were the the essence of a living person or the consciousness of a living person, then can that explain why some spirits uh, tend to stay around for longer periods while we never hear or see of any others? Um, I understand the conjecture. I, I understand the, the the direction that you're going with that one. Yeah, uh, say it right, though. I'm sure. No, no, no. I think I got I, I got the gist of it. Um, okay, thank you. I, I would I would argue that mm-hmm. the actual uh, place that they manifest probably would argue against that hypothesis, because uh, as living beings, we tend mm-hmm. to we tend to have favourite areas, don't we? We like to. You know, we like to in our in our sort of quiet moments. We like to go to a favourite beach spot, or or sit in a favourite chair, or watch a favourite TV program, or watch our you know families grow up, or mm-hmm. uh, in, indulge hobbies. We wouldn't tend to. I I don't think um, that as living beings we wouldn't like to frequent the place where we were murdered, or where horrific and horrible things happened to us. Fair why, enough. Why, why would we want to continually relive the bad times? But yet we do have so many other uh, sightings of uh, ghosts or spirits where um, they're doing everyday things. They're not doing anything. They're not at a particular, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things mediums always say is, well, he's still here because he loved this house and he never mm-hmm. wants to leave. You know, those, those cases are massively, massively outnumbered. By, by trauma and um, traumatic ghosts. Is it massively outnumbered? Oh, absolutely. Are we, are we just more aware of those other particular cases? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the, 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 the numbers are actually much bigger in support of... Uh, and I, This goes right the way back to the earliest days of, of ghost, report, ghost reporting. So that, uh, it, was, it was where the horrific event took place, the battlefield, uh, where the murder took place, where they fell down the stairs. Um, Ghosts are much more associated with um, trauma than they are of the benign. But events. isn't that kind of r- romantically? It might well be. I mean, remember, we we don't know what a ghost is. We don't right. know if they if they are real and if they do manifest right. at all. Uh, and it could just be entirely uh, supposition and imagination on our part. In that, you know, we think that's where ghosts should be. You know, we think that the the right. asylum or the or the the battlefield is where ghosts should manifest, um, and that might that might skew the data um, because we we don't know what the ghost is. Right, it is a human experience. So if it we is. do, so we a, assume we... we assume, and the literature, you know, the the gothic horror writers always put the ghost on the thunder, you know, on the in the the spooky dungeon and thunder and lightning, and mm-hmm. yeah, so. But the reality is that the, the traumatic ghost far outnumbers the benign, pleasant, floating ghost. Well, speaking day. about traumatic ghosts, we've got to take a break. So there you go. I have no idea. You, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Mass. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event? 
book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parax family. Madame and men, mine herren, welcomen back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International with your Eastern European host, the venerable Van Helsing, and the bald bombshell here in West Wales. Huh? I just sort of mix it up a bit tonight. So what, you're looking for the latest Apple technology? Uh, no, 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 I'll do that later. I shall focus on doing Ghost Chronicles International and then check out the iPhone 11. iPhone 11 is a three. What, what do you have right now? I have an iPhone 10. And so you need to get the latest and the greatest. No, 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 no. I won't be changing mine till well, for another 10 months. But my contract expires. I'm just curious. What, am I, what I'm actually looking for is I'm not... The iPhone is like, that's the flagship. I mean, that's a year away for me. Uh, but what I want to do is I'm looking at uh, how the technology integrates, because as you know, I use an iMac all, uh, for most of the stuff. Um, and then it's... Uh, yeah, that's what. Then it's put out onto an iPad for presentations. But one of the things I used to use a lot was for when drawing up slides was you actually sometimes want to annotate them and draw on them now that that can be done there are there are certainly you know pen devices for doing that and in fact the ipad has a pen and you can draw all over the screen of the ipad um what i'm hoping for is what apple said where you can draw on your ipad and immediately um kind of like the ipad becomes uh, like a drawing uh, tablet for uh the main computer so i can use it to make my make my job a lot easier okay you say so when, when doing those superb presentations that you like having at spirit quest and speaking of superior business or supreme uh what do you call them yeah yeah whatever you do you will be doing uh, a couple here you have uh let's see you've got uh, two at spirit quest mm-hmm. one at spirit mm-hmm. quest two one Two. One. Two. You I've got my note says there are two. There is there is one on the daytime. 
And there's a short oh, yes, yes, to... Yes. Oh, okay, now I get it. All electronic right. voices. But you're also doing Dining with the Dead. Two Dining with the Deads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When ghosts attack. I'm looking uh, forward to that one. And the most haunted house in the world. Mm. Can't Not, wait to go yeah. When ghosts attack. Will Zach be there defending us? No, 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 no. We're gonna oh, be we're gonna be naked and afraid for that one. Uh, okay. Spiritually speaking, of course. Yes, naturally. <laughs> there will be no body armor worn. <laughs> Not that we know of. Well that's true. So yeah, so looking forward to it. Um are the plans still in negotiation, I'm guessing. No, we are completed our schedule it's up and out in the uh, newsletter I was, I was thinking of uh, potential last minute uh, additions no that not might, that I know of that might happen no not that I know of no well I was telling everybody at ASAP that um, uh, that they might be seeing seeing me back on their television screens in the near future oh really yeah well, I haven't heard anything about it so oh, well, there you go watch this space I oh, will I mean the um, the great mystery of you and I coming to Netflix. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Show me the money. <laughs> Give me some mercenary. I, I, yeah. I, I thought you were like a traditional ghost hunter. So my soul to be on TV? Yeah. No. Hello. Discovery Sorry. Channel phone you up and they say, do you want to be on television? You say, they have. Much? They have, and I say, no. They say, how much? And uh, you say, well, how much do you want? <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Yeah, something like that, anyway. <laughs> Moving right along on something not so crass is... Uh, oh, you're just jealous. And you, uh, you are actually doing uh, the... Um, it goes on the old Harry Price ghost hunt, which is intriguing. Well, it's, uh, it's, we're not looking for the ghost. I, I should stress, we're not looking for the ghost of Harry Price. What, what we're using? We're not. Is, I thought we were. No, he's dead. And that's the idea. He'd be a ghost. Well, he has Harry Price ever showed up on anybody's little recorders or anything? His ghost hasn't, but he has, uh, on two occasions, been reported to have returned via a spirit medium. Really? Mm-hmm. But no, we're going to... Why does that not surprise me? Because there is a certain inevitability about it. I mean, if they can, uh, you know, talk to the dead lion that was shot by the dentist, it only makes sense oh, they can oh, talk yeah. to Harry Price. That's true. That's perfectly true. So, uh, no, we're, yes. we're, going to, we're going to revisit... Um, the one of the first uh, of the modern generation of paranormal investigator, Ghost Hunter, um, Harry Price, who wrote down um, the first set of written instructions for, for conducting an investigation. And we're going to uh, be dipping into his methods, uh, his techniques, um, and in, uh, applying them in a haunted situation. Haunted, yeah. Over in the, we're going to take the old world into the new world. Yeah, that's what well, I was. Well, while, while while I'm yapping on, uh, I'd just like to give a shout out to Australia and to Trish Alexander who uh, messaged me a week or so ago and um, with a photograph 
that she wanted me to take a look at. She said great things about the podcast, and um, really, she she'll no doubt be listening to this uh, podcast. So Trish, I haven't forgotten the photo. I'm still having a look at it. Uh, in fact, I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, you know, so that's that's the other we'll thing. We'll be in touch soon. Yeah. People do send you photographs like that. I get them as well. Mm. And, and they want, like, an instantaneous answer on it. It's no, like, no, no. Trish has been. Uh, well, no, I'm just saying in general, that's what happens. It's like, well, oh, I, oh, I yeah. didn't get an answer, so I'm going to give it to six other ghost groups or 600. Or they, send it, or they send it. Or you get an email a few days later saying, you didn't reply to me. I'm going to block you and unfriend you, and I'm never going to listen to you. Ever again. Exactly. Well, if Trish you did. Wanna, if no, you want Trish. it done properly, you've got to take a real good look at it, right? Well, exactly, and that's what I said to Trisha, that that this picture will take um, a considerable amount of time because in addition to the time it takes to look at the picture, of course, it's got to slot in with everything else. And coming up to this this season, uh, the fall season, is the busiest time of year for, you know, it's the conference season, it's, um, you know, there's lots of... Uh, conferences events there's some fundraising uh, investigation ghost hunt public stuff to do there's halloween coming up um and so trying to slot it all in uh, but trish sent a message uh later uh, last month august um and said that she'd been listening to the podcast for a while found it very entertaining and she thought that uh I might be interested in the photograph and i am interested in the photograph and uh Ooh. No, it piques my interest. Uh, well, she didn't send it to you. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I, I'm not what you know. It's, <laughs> no, it's it. It would be. I mean, it was just by way of a shout out to Trish. Um, yeah, I know. Not very good. But but um, in reality, um, it's it, it's not something that I I would ever. I, I would never. Sh- uh, send it to anybody else i wouldn't shout about it or that's not it's not my photograph i'm just doing something for somebody right. else exactly. um, morally and in every other way it's trish's photograph because it you know um, it contains i think family members oh even uh, worse yeah and whatever ha- what what becomes of it um is not my uh, not my place to to decide upon fair enough so, um, I just wanted to give her a shout out because I know and that did. she'll be listening to the podcast. Um, mm. Probably not tonight, but somewhere in the next week or so. Well, depending on. It's the next day in Australia, isn't it? No, it's yesterday. Oh, it's yesterday. Yeah. I always no. get confused. Sorry, I really no, do. no, for Australia, for you and I, it's tomorrow. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, she's already, well, they're already into Wednesday. Yeah, because I remember we, oh, God, years and years ago, 100 years <laughs> yes, ago, yeah. we did a broadcast simultaneously from uh, on Halloween from uh, Haunted Devon was in the UK. We were in Rhode Island at the Sprague Mansion, and we had Haunted Australia in Australia. And it was it was so weird because, like, each one, I mean, you, you were five hours uh, ahead I'm, of us. I'm five hours ahead. Yeah, and they were a day, <laughs> and so when they were doing well, it, it was actually you know, it was actually in the daytime, and yeah. it was so good. Well, I mean, exactly the same thing happened the other week with Marla when we had Marla on as uh, with us, because mm-hmm. I'm five hours ahead of you, you're three hours ahead of Marla, so Marla is eight hours ahead of me. I mean, you know, it's it's barely afternoon. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's 
it's uh, 20 minutes to one in the afternoon in in Marleville. Marleville. <laughs> and, you know, here in here in uh, West Wales, it's coming up to uh, 20 to nine at night. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that Apple thing was a, was a great example because that Apple thing starts at 10 a.m. in San Jose, California, which is 6 p.m. here in the U.K. Um, I, I just wish the lottery would work that way because um, that way we would be able to give you the lottery numbers. So time is pretty much a relative thing. It's, it's time is irrelevant to you and I. I mean, you know, time is I mean, time doesn't be really bizarre things um, on the opposite side of the globe to the to the Greenwich Meridian, which of course runs right. through Greenwich, England. It, there is a there is a, a, an area where on one side of the date line it's one day, and half a foot away on the other side of the date line because yep. you know it, it's a, it's another day. So you can actually stand on two different days of the week, twenty four hours apart. And, um, and the interesting is thing too is is it's not only just time, but the seasons are totally opposite. Like in Australia and here, it. it you know, our winter is near summer, and near summer is our winter, so it's like you have to factor that into it, and it, like, blows your mind when you start, start thinking about all this stuff. Well, that's due to planetary tilt, isn't it? Because the Earth is I know, but it's still amazing. It just drives you yeah, nuts. but it's, it, it is. It, it's, um, and you would imagine that somewhere um, on the Greenwich Meridian, the zero meridian of um, latitude, and on the equator, which is the zero meridian of longitude, uh, than the wrong way around, the longitude is Greenwich and the latitude right. is the equator. There must be a certain point where everything stands still. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> there, must, there must be a point, a, a spot. Um, do you know, actually, I think you could have some fun trying to uh, convince somebody of this, um, that where the equator, yeah, where, <laughs> where the equator uh, crosses the um, zero meridian, Greenwich uh, meridian, mm-hmm. time and time stands still. You would never age. You would never grow. Yeah, that would that would screw with somebody's head. Never, never learn, right? I'll tell you what. You you know how people to readily believe in the flat Earth. Well, you know this concept of there is a spot on on the planet Earth where time never changes. But there mean, are places. There are places. Like, theories. If you look at, you know, if you, and I'm not talking about the magnetic poles, but if you mm-hmm. go to the North uh, Geographical Pole and the Southern Geographical Pole, um, every other point on you are facing sort of south in every direction, or north in every direction you face. I mean, that is pretty mind blowing too, isn't it? Which way are you facing? North. Well, turn right. Which way are you facing? North. North. Or turn right. Turn left. Turn about. About face. Which way are you facing? North. North. <laughs> <laughs> and you could go. You could circumnavigate the 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 globe in what probably about four footsteps. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the problems. This is boggling my mind, Steve. I don't think we should have gone on it now. I'm going to be thinking but about it all night long. But you know that. The things that you, know, you can see readily because it because it's such mind mind boggling uh, facts. Like the you know you can stand in two on two completely different days. You can face uh, you know whichever direction you face, you're facing the same direction. Um, all this sort of wacky stuff. You can see why people 
have trouble understanding. And then they go for, well, of course, it's flat because everywhere I look, it's flat. And we start to trust our what we can see. We stop relying on uh, what we're told because reality isn't matching uh, our expectation or our knowledge. You know, we're told uh, something, but what we see, um, you know, you're told that the Earth is a ball, a globe. Mm-hmm. And yet wherever you stand on the planet, you know, the highest mountain, the, the flattest desert, you, you can't see any curvature. Um, you know, so from your eyes, you're also taught very basic physics um, about water. Water always finds its own level. Water will also always find a flat level surface. So how can water, and this is one of the arguments that the flat earthers use, how can water then um, stick to a ball? And this ball is not only you know, sort of holding this curved body of water, but the ball itself is spinning around at about a thousand miles an hour. Um, and so they dip a, a tennis ball into, you know, they saturate a tennis ball and then they throw it up and spin it. And, of course, all the water flies off mm-hmm. uh, due to centrifugal force. And they go, well, why isn't all the oceans just flung off into outer space? Yeah, uh, why are they, Steve? Because of a force called gravity. But gravity, but gravity is one of the most uh, mind-boggling forces that's known with it isn't known to physics because physics doesn't know what gravity is. It knows what gravity does. Uh, Because, for example, gravity holds the oceans to the planet and stops all the water whizzing off into space because we're spinning around at a thousand miles an hour, give or take. And yet, um, a feather uh, will fall very slowly due to the, due to gravity and air friction through the through the through, through the feather. Yeah, but, but if, we know that if you like blow, if you blow on it, you fall at the same rate. Yeah, watch just gravity. But if you blow on it, well, actually a feather won't. It will actually fall uh, slower in air because of air resistance on the feather itself. But I said in the vacuum, didn't you? Hear yeah. Me? Yes, I did hear you. Okay. Uh, and yet that same gravity, that same force of gravity can be overcome by the lightest dust particle. <laughs> we over, you know, we overcome gravity, um, you know, it sticks us to the planet, and yet we can, we can jump, we can move about, we can... Pretty, pretty strange stuff, gravity. Everything we do is strange. Well, gravity is particularly strange because, like magnetism... Um, Physics itself can't really un, uh, offer a full explanation as to what gravity um, or magnetism are. They know what they do, and for that's and they're so well understood that we can we can put man on the moon, or we can put a, a probe onto an asteroid, or we could launch a, a ship to Mars or to the outer reaches of the solar system. Um, but science doesn't really understand what gravity is knows what it does doesn't know what it is and magnetism is the same way and there are you know, it's one of those forces it's 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 very much like the big bang as well in fact this came up at the asset conference over the weekend um which is this idea of creation and this this notion that first of all there was absolutely nothing and I mean, you know, nothing at all. That's the problem I have. I, hang on, it gets better. Because 
nothing, then exploded. <laughs> With the biggest bang ever known, ever. And mm. in the first ten billionth of a second, created everything. Yeah. <laughs> so then... Totally understand that. People Not. logically... Well, it's, it's like gravity. Um, people then logically turn around and say, well, what was there before? Nothing. And what, what exploded? Well, nothing exploded. Nothing exploded. So and what is the Big when, Bang Theory? <laughs> well, and when nothing exploded, it created everything because it created all matter um, and all energy. So, but the, clearly for something to explode, I get physics accepts this. You know, physics says, oh, yeah, there was a Big Bang Theory and seven, was it seven billion years ago and everything went, it suddenly, all this nothing suddenly went bang. Yet physics also says that you can't, create something from nothing, from nothing you can't exactly. create and destroy energy and yet something did create all the energy or was there something before the bang that pre-existed the bang and it, there are physicists how did but it always well, goes back to the chicken and the egg yeah what some physicists are actually saying is that there was clearly something there before the bang that went excuse me that went bang the problem is uh, because that's the earliest event that we can uh, know about, mm-hmm. then we can't know what went before it. There might have been an entirely, you know, a whole universe that eventually contracted smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it became a, a single point, which then reversed direction and exploded. So the, the so problem what, was... What they've said is... The, is the, they're the, saying that something was obviously contracting and blowing up universe is one one aspect of it mm-hmm. um, there are others who have looked at the alterations within dimensions the fact that mathematically there is obviously more than four dimensions up down left right and time um, so clearly you know physics recognizes that there was some. There must have been something to go bang. But what they, why they say there was nothing, is that there was nothing that we could ever detect or know about because it pre-exists any mechanism that we will ever have for discerning what took place before the creation. So otherwise, we basically don't know what the hell's going on. Well, something we just guess at. Well, that's what they're doing with certain other things. You know, we mm-hmm. have to make. They're not guesses. Well, they are guesses, but they. Yeah, they are. Scientists prefer to call them logical deductions. Yeah, I know. I based based on you know certain parameters, like nothing cannot explode. There must have been <laughs> like, something there to explode. So before nothing, um, or, or before the Big Bang, there must have been something else pre-existing the Big Bang, but from, from every uh, parameter that we have, effectively there was nothing there, is what they what some scientists are now saying if that makes sense <laughs> if you understand that concept and then of course you've got people who believe that they're you know, they understand the, the world of the paranormal and, and invoke um, quantum mechanics as a universal catch-all Oh god, I hate quantum mechanics yeah, but you see, the thing is... Quantum physics, physics explains everything to everybody. Uh, well, it's a universal lifesaver for many, many people. Lightsaver, not lightsaver. Um, yeah, lightsaver, lightsaver, lightsaver for some people. Yeah. 
but um, because it, because it's not well understood, it's certainly not understood by physics. It's and it's even less well understood by by plebs like you and me. That it, it throws this uh, lifeline to to uh, the believers or to the paranormalists because it's it does you know it shows weird things happening. Um, like if you when they first started to look at the electron, this was quite intriguing. Uh, when they first, because everybody, well, science knew that there was an ele- electrons were there. They just, they were just too dull and small to see them. But eventually, they did were able to uh, visualize electrons using um, equipment that could actually see for the first time electrons. And then the problem was they discovered that the, the little blighters weren't there. Sometimes, sometimes they were there, and sometimes they weren't there. Now, this had been predicted, of course, um, but had never been actually visualised, the idea that, um, or the reality, that an electron may or may not be there, depending on when you take a look. But where are they? If they're not there, where have they gone to and, until they come back? Mm-hmm. It's all pretty screws with your mind, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, you can go all the way well, back you can see to how it's what in. they did in, in uh, Massachusetts, where they sent the particle back in time. Who was ahead of time? My God, I can always get that mixed up. They sent the particle back in time, I believe, or ahead of time. Oh, no, I'm no. confused now. Yeah, I mean, I can't recall it either now. Uh, oh, that's right. Di- no, which direction? That. Because physics has said that time travel is possible. possible. Yes. But only in one direction. Mm. Now, I'm sure it was backwards, not forwards. Well, I'm going to... Well, to... I, I might be wrong, but, but I'm sure some physicists believe that time travel, whilst, whilst it may be possible, is only uh, possible in a single direction and that we can travel back through time, but not forwards into time that hasn't occurred yet. Because we can... Events that have taken place of are more. Oh, I don't know. I'm getting this wrong now. Um, but I'm sure it's events that have taken place are visitable, but events that haven't taken place. Okay, <laughs> I've got to bring this up. And uh, I-, I went to look at that thing. Google. Scientists use the cosmos to measure the mass of a ghost particle. Uh-huh. How do you weigh a ghost? A cause what? Oh, is this is this the hadron thing where neutrino the new where massive Brian Cox neutrino said, where Brian Cox said it proves that ghosts don't exist. Ah, darn. Oh well, we'll have to go back at. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll. Oh, have. it's from your neck of the woods, Arthur Lorino, Lorino, L O U R E I R O. No, he phoned me up once, but I didn't answer. He explained. The three flavors can be compared to ice cream, where you have one scoop containing strawberry, one scoop. What? I should uh, probably read the rest of this article before I start talking about that stuff. I would. Just yeah. in case it leads us off into some bizarre direction that we yeah, don't Yeah, we're already going that way. And besides, we're running out of time. But uh, Hey, thank God for running out of time. Well, have we run out of time? Or are we merely just rehashing something we did next week? Was it deja vu all over again? <laughs> Uh, anyways, 
Wow, this is interesting. What is the end of the show? All the means of measuring near-zero mass of these particles uh, have been a tough challenge. You think so? <laughs> Anyways, we do have to go. Steve, it'll be like two weeks and you'll be here, right? Uh, two weeks tonight, I'll be in London talking to you from the airport. Mm. Providing that they're not on strike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that could mess things up, huh? It could mess things up. Yeah. Big time. I could seriously Jump. screw with... It would be like trying to understand quantum physics. Jump on the boat and start leaving now. Yeah, I'd have to. Anyways, uh, yeah, so it'll be great. You'll be over here. We'll do, it, get, do a lot of things. We'll be at the beach. Woohoo! Solving the world at the porch. Anyways, uh, today's show has been brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Bethune, Massachusetts, and the Messier, a Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. So check out these fine people. And all, good, and all good bookstores. Oh, tune in Thursday night on Parax, and I will be there with Myla on Stern the Quadrant. Till all, then, my, night. all my... Um... God bless. Dolan Sister Marla. Good night, God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.